Greatness has arrived. Welcome to episode 315 of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, this week we are talking about the Horizons DLC info dump and yet a lack of gameplay trailer. We're going to find out or talk about PlayStation 5 Pro rumors really being true or not. We're going to be talking about how Microsoft is signing deals left and right to undercut PlayStation, Resident Evil 4 remake impressions, and so much more. But with all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, is not here today. He is sick with a stomach bug, a pre-PAX East stomach bug, but he sends his love, his support, and he wants everybody to know that next week, March 22nd, 9 a.m. PST time or real time, uh, noon EST time, is the 6-1 Indie Mini Indie Showcase. So make sure you check that out. Of course, we're going to pimp that out one more time next week. But Kyle and the team over at 6-1 uh, have a jam-packed show, 33 Indies, 46 minutes long. It's a huge love letter to these small developers that make games possible. So make sure you check them out and send Kyle your regards, your love over at Mr. K-Step. Tell him already how he was sorely missed this week because we love him and we really hope he gets that stomach bug to figure it on out. But listen, I'm not doing the show alone. I brought in the best backup that I know coming along the way of the Keel Hall podcast and the Xbox expansion pass, our good friend, Captain Logan. Logan, how are you, sir? Oh, hi, buddy. How you doing? Ooh-wee. I like the energy. Ooh-wee. I'm doing pretty good, dude. I'm I'm feeling a little disoriented, right? I can't imagine why. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, for the first time in my VR life, uh, mm -hmm. And first time with PSVR two, I got sick. <laughs> I got a little stomach like, like churning. Like Ugh. I got the seasickness that everybody's talking about. Ugh. And the reason is because of Horizon Call of the Mountain. You want to hear mm. this? Have you heard about this? I'm trying I... to platinum this game, and I need collectibles. Right? I need to find all of them. I need to shoot all the warning markers. Oh, I love those. I love those too. It makes you feel so great. <laughs> The problem is I'm turning off and on my VR headset or, you know, putting it down every five minutes to go oh. and watch PlayStation 5 trophies, right? Oh. So my head right now is like, Joe, I don't even know what is reality right now. <laughs> but, you feel like Lawnmower Man, man. You're just like, you can't tell what's what's true, what's false. It's all just blurring together and you feel like you could just reach out there and grab Aloy and... Yeah. 
then you you know someone rips the headset off and tells you to stop kissing the tv kind of thing <laughs> yeah kind of sort of just me <laughs> <laughs> your wife's looking at you very disappointed <laughs> i already have videos of of like how dumb i look in vr that she sent me while she's cooking dinner which you know she's cooking dinner i'm yeah. playing vr she, so of course i'm gonna get videos of how dumb i look like oh yeah dude i'm climbing the thing i'm climbing the thing so but yeah no that's definitely definitely never been a thing how are you liking psvr2 i think it's a fantastic headset it's i i really haven't like dabbled in psvr2 but i i waited on getting a vr headset until i saw something that i felt was going to be a, a trusted brand in the marketplace that was going to have good sustainability and with content that i thought would drive engagement Mm. And that's those were the main reasons why I went with PSVR 2 because I thought I saw the initiatives from Sony deciding that they wanted to put their first party titles yeah. as VR experiences. They wanted to push with that. The headset is a really strong headset as far as tech goes, and the cost is still less than spending a whole bunch of money for a brand new PC plus the headset just to get something that was accessible. So I I'm very happy with the PSVR 2. In fact, yes. I'm waiting on my little docking station that uh, Ainsley Bowden had, had um, uh, uh, kind of tweeted out recently. It was like a $30 headset that holds yeah. the headset and the controllers. It's on back order for them. But um, yeah, I, I ordered that. I'm waiting for that to, to get it out of the little box. That it's I right definitely, I, I, I think I need to do the same because like right now it's like wh- wherever I could place PSVR two, that's where I'm like putting it. So like right now, it's right next to me, yeah. but like it's just rusting on my MacBook because that's the space that I have available. So like yeah. I definitely need a stand where I could put all the controllers, all the little knickknacks on, so yeah. it makes it look nice and not a, a goddamn mess. <laughs> Plus, I, I just want to have quick access to it. Yeah. You know, you're sitting there and you want to like you want to jump into it and you still have to plug it in. So I don't want to have to sit there and like open up the box, pull it out from behind the entertainment center, keep the cats away from the box, you know, and exactly. all that stuff. Like, I just want to have a nice little display stand for it while the the controllers are charging because uh, the the PS5 only has like a certain number of little ports that you can yep. charge stuff with. So I've already got other stuff, you know, like battling for those outlets. Um, so I just, I want one that'll take care of all of it really. Between like my, the, the cord that I always have hanging off to charge my, my dual sense. And then mm-hmm. the slot that I have for my headsets and then yeah. one for the like the hard drive that I have connected to it, and then PlayStation VR too. It's like it's an Akira yeah. looking monster at this point. It re- <laughs> it's like it's look. It looks like it's hooked up in the Matrix. You know, you feel like you're gonna like end up in some anime that you really didn't sign up for, and you're Ex- just gonna have to be like, ooh, exactly. It's it's, so, it's the, something ooh, it's, and I'm and I'm uncomfortable by it. But like I really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I need to do something. I need to do something about my whole setup because it's it's a gosh dang mess. But you know what isn't a mess? Our What's Resident that? Evil 4 remake giveaway. Y'all, we have seven more days for you to enter into our Resident Evil 4 remake giveaway. All you have to do is go on over to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, share it out to us, your review, uh, and Please say something nice like Mr. BDS85 said, uh, gave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. They say, love Joe and Kyle and their Sony banter makes me laugh. Also, a great rundown of the weekly news and their new interviews have been doing or are 
top notch. Thank you so much, Mr. Diaz. And Game Drop gave us a five star review as well over on Apple Podcasts in America. And they say, as a lifelong multi platform gamer who's always ended up on the Xbox side of things most of the time, I find this podcast refreshingly honest and open minded, very enjoyable to listen to. And I find myself looking forward to each and every next episode. I'm thoroughly enjoying my PlayStation VR too. Ooh-wee, look at you. So keep up the good work covering it. Thank you so much. And we shall. Next week's going to be pretty big for us. Uh, and, of course, uh, if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, uh, you could always go over to Spotify, drop us a five-star review as well. Uh, every review helps. It helps grow the show. And right now, currently, we're at 903 reviews worldwide. Wide, wide, wide. So <laughs> drop us a five-star review. It really does help. And uh, that said, one last bit of housekeeping before we talk about all things PlayStation. It's time for a Patreon pitch. Of course, before we get into the news, let's shout out our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy. I want to thank our newest members, Jonas Young at the Platinum Tier, Spamming Bamming at the Gold Tier, and Switters Yoni at the Bronze Tier. I want to thank our premium producers, Todd Burwitz and Toxic. I want to thank our Platinum members, Brad Presnell, Brent Gillian, uh, Jedi Master Ren, Cowboy Danger D, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, The Green Gorilla Gamer, Chaotic Monkey, Millennial Falcon Gaming, Rayuko Kill 90, Sith Lord 92, Spam and Bam, and once again, Steven Flesh, and Struples and Bits. I want to thank our gold members, Awesome Dave, Cypher Primus, Bertos Maximus, Baldrin, Doss, Simon the Pie Man, Daniel Welsh, DJ, Hercules 89, Elo 2032, Jesse Garcia, JB the Purple Monkey, Hide Indoors, Naka Chaka, Katie, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Diaz, Kevin Ainsworth, K Grimm, Lamb Chop 93, Marcus O'Neill, Androsasaur, Astronaut Junior, not to be mistaken with Astronaut Senior, Rick Arrington, Dewane Raksha, the Aztec King, Robbie Bobby Miller himself, Brenton Zachary, Benty Blob, Bubble Boy N7, Captain Logan, you're here. Oh, I'm here. What are the odds? Final Fan XZ, Hambone JD, Dillinger, M9 Prime, Stone Cold ET, Setso, Tino Six Speed, M Kyle H85, N Johnson, Sean McKenzie, Matt. Matt Pio, pew, 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 the Red Arrow. Thank you all so much for being a patron of the show. It's the reason why we look so great, sound so good. It's because of your generosity over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy. A little spoiler alert. Uh, the money we raise from Patreon is going straight to a new PC for me because mine is combusting at the seams. It seems like, <laughs> oh my God. It seems like every week, dude. There's a new problem with it. Not caused by you, Logan. But Definitely. I have never once tried to sabotage this show. No. Never once have uh, I done anything to cause you to have to reinstall the drivers for your microphone. Right. That's just not a thing. I never had to hard reset my whole entire PC yeah. because of a Never spent a weekend mistake. working on it. Mm-mm. No. But because of that, now I put you through the rigmarole, sir. It is time to square up the news. And usually, listen, guests, they come on. I try to read the news. But... I'm dyslexic, and I got a big old migraine, so you decided to take it upon yourself to read the news. So it's time to square up the news. First story in this week, making Horizon Forbidden West's DLC PS5 exclusive. Let Guerrilla Games 
Charge forward. Uh, this comes to us from Jordan Midler over at VGC. Guerrilla Games has discussed how making Horizon Forbidden West expansion, Burning Shores, PS5 exclusive, has allowed it to get more out of the system. The expansion, which will release in April, isn't coming to PS4, despite the base game. 2022's Horizon Forbidden West being released for Sony's current and last-gen consoles. Speaking to the PS blog, Horizon Forbidden West director uh, Mathis Dejong, is that, is, that, is that pretty close? Honestly, I would have done something way more offensive by accident. So Fair I enough. feel like close enough is great here. <laughs> My apologies so, if we get it wrong, but yeah, I feel like uh, you nailed it. Very sorry. Uh, said on Horizon Forbidden West, everything we added or increased was something we needed to have a plan around how to optimize for PS4 as well. DeJong cited the detail in the open world as one of the advantages of making the expansion only available on PS5. The, he goes on to quote, the cityscapes, ruins of L.A. and its surrounding uh, surroundings are highly detailed and required a lot of processing power, as well as fast streaming technology to run properly, especially when the, players, the player is flying over the lands and can see a lot at once. One of the settle, settle, settlements, settlements? Yeah, settlements is situated in and around those detailed ruins, and we were able to squeeze a lot of activity in there. It's actually one of the things yeah. I love about that. Burning Shores will see Aloy explore a ruined version of Los Angeles. She will seemingly visit, visit several landmarks, including the Hollywood sign, the Capitol Records building, one of my favorites, and Venice Beach, which is a lot of fun. Dijon also teased a specific set piece in the expansion that will apparently utilize the PS5 hardware. Another notable one is a particular battle scene that requires a lot of memory and processing power. To achieve this grand vision, both technically and creatively, we definitely were thankful for many advantages that the PS5 hardware brings. Ooh, we let me tell you, you got an ASMR voice if I've ever heard of it. That was like <laughs> that was that was just like you know cutting butter, you know. Ooh, wee, that sounded nice. I but do Logan. declare, Mr. Joseph, oh, that is such a kind thing to say. <laughs> Logan, <laughs> I got a question for you, sir. Shoot. You're a new Guerrilla like, Games fan, like or Horizon fan, right? Like You just oh, yeah. got done beating Horizon Zero Dawn, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just you barely. loved it, if, I, if I'm just assuming. Right, you said you love it. No, I, I absolutely adored it. It's it's one of my it's one of my favorite games now. It's it's up there. Like I and the reason for it is because it came out right about the same time as uh, Zelda: The Breath of the Wild, and I was like, it's Zelda: The Breath of the Wild. Like I, <laughs> I'm not gonna play No Horizon when I got Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So, but now going back to it, um, especially with the the collector's edition, which is behind me in the little scene here, oh, I right. got that fifty percent off. Um, so I was like, well, now I got to play these games because that's a smoking deal. And I love a little elephant guy back there. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a really good series. I've actually really and my wife has really loved it as well, yeah, too, because it's it's got a, a female lead in an open world. And there's a bunch of robot dinosaurs like what she's what's not ass. to like. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my question for you, you've seen a lot of horizon stuff like we got call of the mountain of course we got forbidden west then we get this mmo type of situation that may be on the horizon and then this you know could be free to play multiplayer game are you feeling already as a new fan okay maybe this is a little bit too much pull back or as a new fan you're like this is exciting please give me please give me more of this i i'm stoked 
for yeah. this actually. Uh, for for one, for someone who who lives in California, I've been through LA. I've seen Venice Beach and, and like Capitol Records building is is really awesome. I really love that whole downtown area. I was looking forward to jumping into Forbidden West to the point where I was I was cleaning up most of the stuff in Zero Dawn. Uh, and I got to the point where I was like, should I jump into Call of the Mountain or should I jump into Forbidden West? Because I really, really wanted to see San Francisco. I live two hours away from it. I really want to check it out. Uh, so I jumped into Forbidden West and got a fair amount of way through that um, up into the point that Call of the Mountain came out. And then I was like, okay, well, I got to play call of the mountain and i really love that and i've been having a good time so the fact that they're coming out with new dlc content for this has me excited because it it, it not only goes to places where i'm actually going to have like a knowledge of what it what it actually looks like um but i'm i'm looking forward to furthering that story because i think just in general this is probably one of the more interesting ips that have come out of sony that's fresh and interesting with a unique perspective that isn't really like it has the tropes of of what you would find in open world games uh, but it does so in in a way that really does draw upon the creativity of a world that is is post-apocalyptic in a, in a in a way that isn't just zombies or something like yeah. akin to that like they're doing robot dinosaurs and <laughs> It's just, it's so freaking cool to me. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. It's vibrant and it's beautiful. And yeah, for the, yes. like, the post post apocalyptic like thing, we never, we never really truly kind of discover that. Um, and having horizon here, it, you know, it, the reason why I loved the first one and the second one so much was it felt familiar. Like you saw things you're like, Oh, I know what that is. No spoilers yeah. there, but like, you're like, but it's still, it's aged so much that it looks foreign. And like mm -hmm. just the concept of this, of civilizations being aware that there was people here before and like they're the fossils, like th those concepts are always interesting to me. So like when I see, you know, Call of the, the Mountain, it's just a new way to, for me to enter that world. And I've been enjoying it a whole bunch, even though I make myself sick when I go play it. <laughs> uh, and when I think of like a, an MMO, I'm like, yeah, that's exciting. You know, to me, I'm never, uh, I'm, on one hand, I don't want Gorilla to be the, we're, we're the Horizon, you know, team. This yeah. is all we do, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But at, at the other hand, it's like, as long as they're approaching these stories correctly, I don't, yeah. I don't really necessarily care. And when I think when I say that, I think of things like Star Wars. I think of things like the MCU. Like, you know, I love The Mandalorian. It's some of my favorite Star Wars ever. Um, and I love Andor. Like, but there's some things oh, I can, yeah, yeah there's yeah. some things that I, I could disregard, like the prequels. But there's always, there's seemingly something always for me. So for me, it's just like, yeah, I got to, you know, be in this Horizon world. That's great. That's, that's excellent. As long as it's handled with care. And that brings me to the next little question here you know playstation talked about they believed in generations and i think this is something that's going to haunt them for at least another year or two and then we find out that horizon is ps4 and ps5 you know cross-gen game and they were like but it's not holding back to ps5 we got we got special water on the playstation 5 version that you know the ps4 version doesn't have now they're kind of it seemingly sounds like they're playing another tune where it's just like, well, we dropped the PlayStation 4 version because we want to do even bigger and better things. 
So do you feel like this is a little bit of double speak by Sony's half of like them trying to dance between the line of, yeah, we made a PS4 version, but now we're, we're saying goodbye to it. And we're saying from here on out, this DLC PS5 only, do you feel like they are kind of disrespecting in a way, or maybe just, you know, maybe it's a sign of negligence or whatever, just by leaving, by leaving behind the PS4 players, you know, is that kind of them just kind of slapping them in the face? Do you feel like this should be cross gen as well? Let me let me know your thoughts. Yeah, I th- this is the tough situation, right? Because it's clear that Sony suffered from uh, the the issues that were going on with COVID, the way every other company was uh, at the back in in twenty twenty. And if they had the opportunity, I guarantee you, they would have had uh, all of the PS fives available at launch. They would have had an amazing first year, and we probably wouldn't have seen that much with regards to a PS four version of God of War Ragnarok. Or uh, well, that's a little bit different because. I think they plan that, but I, I think if Sony had an opportunity, I think Jim Rang's statement was accurate that they wanted to push people to the PS5. Uh, they didn't. They didn't get that opportunity. It was taken from them. I'm always curious to what would have happened if Sony had had the the, the amazing first year that they wanted yeah. to have. Um, do I think it's a, a a kind of slap in the face to the to the PS4 people out there that want to continue the story with Aloy? Yes. Um, But at the same time, I have to think about when are we going to actually get into this generation? When are we finally going to push forward into the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S like generation? And it has to start somewhere. And sometimes um, the best way to do that is to get your feet wet with something that you're already comfortable with. And doing that with DLC does hurt the fans that are playing it on PS4, um, but the game will always work for their their PS4 and PS5. So when they go and eventually get a PS5, whether it be the, the, the $400 or $500 version, they will always have their uh, save for the PS4 version and could probably get the, uh, the double plat if they go with the PS5 version, if I'm correct, hey. right? Uh, no, PS4, I think, is the double plat. And then when you upgrade to the PS5, then all the trophies just start popping up. But you, okay. you make an interesting point. It's like, when, when are we just going to let go? And, you know, when we heard about the DLC in the game awards and people were upset the the first time of like hearing it being PS five only. I was just like, okay guys, how many people still have that PS four version of their game? Right? Like we take a look at horizon forbidden West sales and how it's been, you know, bundled a lot with PlayStation fives over the past year. Right. You're seeing it now on the PlayStation uh, plus uh, uh, extra service. Like, how many people beat the game on PS4 versus PS5? And when you're now saying we're going to sell this DLC as like a $30, $40 thing, you're now saying, okay, so to the 30, 40, maybe 50% that beat it on PS5, that's how much money we are expecting to make out of here, right? Like how many people are really interested? So to me, I, I think they saw the sales of the PS4 slash PS5 version and went, all right, Economically, this makes sense if we just ditch the PS4 version because seemingly most people bought it on PS5, right? Here's most people beat it on PS5, and so we can kind of let go of the PlayStation 4 version, but it's it's gonna make us look a little ugly when we do it. What's I, your point? 
Okay, so here here's my here's here's my thoughts on that as well too. And and if anyone is feeling bad that, that they're missing out on this content, I 100% support oh. your right to feel bad about it. But Absolutely. what I have to point out is that CDPR refused to ditch the last gen version of Cyberpunk 2077. And as someone who for an entire year did a cyberpunk lore cast uh, that was a podcast that I did on the robots Ra- radio network that show we we had the hardest time supporting that because it was I, I played it on PS4 I played it on Xbox One X I played it on Xbox Series X um, I've played it on PS5 and I can tell you right now if I had my druthers if I'd if I had the choice in the room and said like this is going to be the best choice for us. I would have told them to drop the PS4 and Xbox One versions because their game would have been their their the realization of their dream would have been serviced better with the newer hardware the way they intended it with like the PC version. If you want this DLC to be as good as the studio that you trust to to handle the Horizon IP to be as good as it can be you have to let them move past certain generations. You have to let them take advantage of the really nice hardware that is the PS5 and play around in that space. And it's not the mainline game. It's just the DLC. You're still getting the full story. This is going to be an addition and it'll always be there. You're never going to be unable to uh, access it uh, if and when you decide to move up to a PS5 and it'll be there waiting. And chances are, It'll probably be a lot cheaper by the time you finally do actually get into a PS5. Logan, you're sounding pretty gosh dang rational. I hate that because like, I know. On, on one hand, like I, I do, like I, I agree. Like if you bought on PS4, that it sucks that you can't continue on with the story. But at the same exact time, you're also right of like how much longer can we still support the PS4? And for the people that bought a PS5, we're like we're still. Not to say we're still waiting. I'm. I, I've been eating pretty good, but we know we could be eating better when it comes to having this is a sole PS5 game. This is a solely next. How long are we going to use next gen game? But nonetheless, like we want to. You know, most of these people are upgrading as we see from like the sales figures and all this to a PS5. So how much longer are we going to really ask folks to go? Yeah, put time, resources, and a whole bunch of money in the PS4 version that we obviously see a decline in sales-wise, both software and hardware. So you're right. I, 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 I agree with you there. But I do also agree with you that if you feel burnt, <laughs> I don't blame you either. You're not overreacting yeah. if, you're, if you're upset by this. That said, Matt Kennedy writes in from the star, uh, once upon a time, jumping into all DLC was a no-brainer. Now times though, uh, time for gaming is short and there's so there's no shortage of games. Goddamn right. What does Burning Shorts need to do to bring back players into the world of Horizon? I loved both entries, don't get me wrong, but after logging about 100 hours into Forbidden West, I'm hesitant to jump back in. There are just so many new games coming out or just on the horizon. You see, you see the funny, didn't it? You see, uh, <laughs> I like good. it. It's good. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to another insightful show. Keep up the stellar work. Well, let's see what I do with this migraine. No, great, great point. I'm never, I've always been hesitant about DLC. uh, Because to me, I'm such a weird gamer, dude. Because, like, for example, I love, what is it, Mass Effect 2. But jumping back into it for the Shadow Broker, though the DLC is beloved, 
I I couldn't be bothered because I had like game X, Y, and Z in front of me. So I was just like, I already experienced Mass Effect 2 and I love it. This will always be here if I ever want to come back. But right now I'm busy like with Skyrim or whatever. So I've always been that way too. Uh, what the DLC has to do is I think what it, we talked about earlier, which is show me what this PS5 can really do. Um, you know, a lot of people... And I don't want to say it on the pod um, because it is, to me, considered spoilers, which a lot of this I cut out because I thought it could be considered spoiler. Um, but there are, quote unquote, bigger machines that Aloy can fight. And I want to see what you can tear off these machines. I want to see the extra bits of machinery flying off this thing or the avalanche of machinery coming off this thing when we're fighting it. I want to see, you know, boss fights where it's leveling a city. Like that's what I, I want or buildings. That's what I, I want to see from this DLC. Something that's going to wow me. I'm just kind of aggravated. We we're a month away from this thing and not even a trailer or a gameplay trailer. That's uh, yeah. You bring up some strong points as far, as far as I can see. I, when it comes to DLC, the only times I really jump back into DLC is when it is for a game that I absolutely love. Yep. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild was one of those games. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 will definitely be one of those games. Uh, and, and I, I, I skipped out on zero dawns uh dlc but i blame that purely because i already had forbidden west like loaded ready to go yeah. and i wanted to further the mainline story uh for that so i i will eventually get back to it but i mean m kennedy does bring up a strong point that i think one of the things that you can do to bring people in is is with the promise of what next gen hardware can do obviously flying is new in my mind of, of what's available so being able to fly and see that world with how lush it is uh does really make me intrigued like what what would they have really created how how could they really make it that worthwhile i'm very surprised that they haven't really marketed a whole lot to this because it feels like sony has been very quiet uh for for all intents and purposes and this is probably one of their strongest ips and to let it kind of kind of sneak up on people um makes me makes me worried that sony doesn't want uh gorilla to really like succeed with this dlc and that maybe the maybe the fact that it is going to be a ps5 only is something that they don't want to draw too much attention to and that they wanted they knew that gorilla was like wanting to work on this they wanted to do it they wanted to get their teeth yeah. sunk into that hardware uh but sony knows that this is going to be a big ask and that it's for a smaller market and they've got bigger markets to uh to address maybe I, I think that, it's I, hard to know. I think it's the latter. I think it's like this is such a, um, I hate to say minor component, but in the grand scheme of things, a minor component to the overall larger and broader market. But I would argue mm. there's so many Horizon copies out in the wild. I think the rumor has it's around nine million. That hey, this is a really awesome thing for them to to come out and showcase to people and to give Zero Dawn or sorry, uh, Forbidden West that second breath by going, hey, look, look. This DLC is here, and guess what's also in our library of PlayStation Plus Extra? Forbidden West. Isn't this rad? Um, and you can you can service you know folks that way who. But to me, it's I hate having the feeling like the feeling as if Sony doesn't have faith in this thing or doesn't believe in Gorilla or whatever have you because you know that's not not the case. But you can't help to feel that way when 
you're seeing the lack of kind of hype for what is one of their bigger IPs. It's just, it's disappointing to see. That said, though, once we see this thing, once we see the trailer, I bet we're all going to be like, okay, everything's fine. We're going to be all right. Um, But to me, it's still, yeah, uh, it's odd that we still haven't seen anything yet. I, I think a lot of fans of specific franchises deal with this on a regular basis. Like I, I know Nintendo fans who are fans of like Star Fox are like shouting and shaking Nintendo. Like, why aren't you showing showing love to my baby? Yeah. And this is kind of one of those situations where it's like we th- this is going to be a big DLC for Horizon. It's going to be the second DLC that they've done for their for their series. Their series. We haven't really seen a whole lot of information on it. They've done the, the due diligence to give access to anyone who has PS Plus which make sure you're redeeming these games so you can actually play this. If you're not going to be getting the the PS5 anytime soon, you are on the PS4. Make sure that you claim it, just even though it's cross-compatible, mm-hmm. just easier to go with. Um, and and it's it's going to be one of those things where it's like you want them to, uh, to really celebrate every single thing that they put out so that way folks know that it's loved and cherished and going to have a successful future. Yeah. And not saying that is always kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is. But again, I'm excited for this. I can't wait to play it. I just want to see more. That said, though, if this comes out along the same time of Jedi Survivor, I'm choosing Jedi Survivor. Are you kidding me? I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. It's just going to happen. <laughs> that said, here's the next big piece of news that dropped literally today. So let's yeah. let's talk about it. So this was an exclusive. Uh, this is uh, the PS5 Pro in development could release in late 2024, which this is coming to us from Tom Henderson over at Inside Gamer. Thank you for uh, uh, putting this out there because, man, that's a big story right there. Insider Gaming, which ironically enough, previously reported that a new PlayStation 5 with a detachable disk drive is scheduled to release later this year. It's understood that this new model will phase out the current PS5 to cut down on production and shipping costs. In spite of the widespread reports, this is not the PS5 Pro model. This is, quote, just the beginning of new hardware coming to PlayStation users this generation, end quote, said one source when talking about the detachable disk drive console. As for what the PS5 specs will entail, details are limited. However, a recently published patent by PlayStation architect Mark Cerny, spotted by Onion00048 over on Twitter, suggests that Sony Interactive Entertainment is looking to quote-unquote accelerate ray tracing performance in video games. Just like with the PS4 to the PS4 Pro, we can generally guess pretty confidently, that's a statement right there, uh, that the PS5 Pro will have increased visuals, performance, and speeds. But as for leaked details, we'll have to wait until a later date to release those. Insider Gaming understands that the next generation of PlayStation, the PS6, is unlikely to release. I know, right? Oh, I hear it. (laughs) The PS6, which does not roll off the tongue, I'm sorry, is likely to release until at least 2028. This would put current generation consoles release schedule in line with its predecessors. So Ace Insane writes, just like you can too, if you head on over to at PS Trophy Room on Twitter, or you join our lovely Discord with hundreds of amazing 
folks in there and you get to ask your questions each and every Wednesday. Ace writes, hey guys, with the PlayStation 5 Pro rumors circulating, do you guys think that this is some something Sony should be focusing on? In previous generations, we'd be approaching a Pro model announcement, but this cycle has been anything but ordinary. Not to mention many games still release on PS4 and have yet to take full advantage of the current PS5 hardware. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Logan, I don't understand why we need a pro version of any of these consoles, to be honest. <laughs> I th- and even like I'm I'm reading this article, and to me it's more speculation that, oh, because you know, the quote is just the beginning of new hardware coming to PlayStation users this generation. To me, that that doesn't scream pro mod. Like nothing no. here really says pro model. Uh, it's just more iterations on PlayStation 5. To me, I don't think we need it. I think it's completely unwarranted. I think, Ace, what you said is correct. And what we were talking about earlier was, like, we have yet to see the full power of this, you know, of this this station. So, like, let's let's get some juice out of this first before we even talk about a PS5 because, or Pro, because we're still talking about PS4 versions of games. So I don't know about yeah. you, man. I just feel like this, A, I, I think this this article is a little bumpkiss. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just, I don't see a pro model happening, especially not in t- late 2024. I don't All know. right, well... Let, let's let's uh, let's play in the space a little bit. Okay. All right, I got all the right. sandbox. I got the shuffle. Ooh. We're gonna get a bucket of water. We're gonna make a sandcastle out of this uh, article because it is it is quite a stretch. I would agree that the just the beginning of new hardware coming to PlayStation users this generation could mean a plethora of options. It could be different hardware, different colored, a slim model, uh, the disk drive itself, just to, to add as a, an additional thing. You know, we, we still don't really understand like if there's going to be any, any added functionality uh, for the, the actual camera that was sold at launch. Like, there's a whole lot of uh, possibility when they say new hardware. What what could that actually mean? Uh, so when when I say that there's probably not going to be a PS5 Pro, I, I genuinely mean it. But to to talk about the PS5 Pro, the the consoles right now do still struggle with ray tracing. Like ray sure. tracing is is still a, a thing, and I and I. And I'm genuinely not aware of whether or not that is a, a programming thing, if that's just the the engine that we're on, like if we haven't really transitioned into Unreal Engine 5 for most of the companies. Um, I don't know why that seems to be a big issue. Um, yeah. I would love to have a console that could at least run 4K 60 frames uh, on a regular basis. Like I, I hate having those, those caveats that, uh, you know, we, we can't get, um, balanced and, uh, performance or, you know, like performance and, um, what's the other one? Oh, oh. performance and like fidelity. Fidelity. Yeah. Thank you. We, we haven't gotten past the idea that there is a fidelity mode and a performance mode. Why can't those just be the same thing? Just one mode that has everything. So when I think of like what a PS4 or a PS5 Pro could be, 
I hope that it would push it a little bit closer to that because sure. I still think a lot of us want to not have to choose between performance or fidelity. Yeah. And if that, and if a PS5 Pro gets us closer to that, then I'm okay with that. But that's that's like, you know, pie in the sky looking for this kind of thing. Um, whatever they do, they would definitely need to make sure that whatever uh, the PS5 Pro is, that it supports the exact same memory that is accessible for the ps5 like you have to be able to move your ps5 memory card over to the ps5 pro and genuinely needs to be something that is smaller in size but i can't imagine like we were talking about this go for it i wanted to have some black plates for my ps5 yeah because i wanted to have i wanted to have different colors and we were talking about this and i was like but I don't want to spend $70 on these. Are there better options out there? And you're like, oh, yeah, there's there's uh, what is the D brand yep. has some for like 50. And I'm like, we're talking like like maybe like a 30. Is there like a 30 that I could do? <laughs> like like a, little, maybe. A, little, yeah. a little bit lower with these plates. So I, I genuinely just sit here and I think like I feel like I've barely gotten into this generation. And I yeah. think COVID had a lot to do with this. I think COVID really stumped. Uh, a lot of uh, manufacturers on how to be able to produce products and get it out there for people to jump into. Um, so I, I would love if we just kind of pump the brakes a little bit. We said, you know what? I would love to have a PS5 Pro. I think the the increase in performance that it could be would be fantastic. But I don't feel like I've really lived with my PS5 long enough to be able to really enjoy and savor it and think like, God, I wish I was talking about how slow this stupid thing was. Yeah. Because it's been so long and we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. No, I feel like the hardware has matched, like, it's kind of matched the price tag a bit to to me, at least. Like, I feel like yeah. I get a lot out of my P- PS5 that I feel like my PS4 didn't at that time. Right. Like, I, f- I feel oh, like yeah. the Pro, the, the, the Pro was a justified purchase for the 4. And I think for or, or upgrade for the four, and I just don't see that yet with the PS5 because, again, I'm working with a migraine here, folks. Because to me, we still haven't scratched the surface. You're right. Like, we're still working with games that are on, on Unreal uh, 4, right? Like, we're yeah. starting to see games come out on Unreal Engine 5. Like, we're still, I feel like, in the beginning stages where, no, I don't think PS6 is anywhere in the. In, in the in the in the you know forefront like to me i think this generation lasts a bit longer because of you know lockdown and all that stuff so to me i i i don't find this i don't find this happening in, in the in the slightest i do and i am kind of curious of what new hardware can they be talking about yeah it could be something as simple as like a new hard drive or whatever have you like something small and simple but it could be something small and cool like a you know vita 2 right you like something <laughs> like the, the success of the switch ha- has gotten and you see it outwardly with xbox to to start looking at mobile in a different way it'd be really cool to see if playstation thought the same and going oh yeah i mean we've partnered with some mobile you know peripherals but why can't we make a mobile peripheral like I, I'm not saying it's gonna yeah. be like a, a a like a portable Vita, but I'm I'm thinking something that like akin to a backbone, right? Like like that's what yeah. I'm thinking when it comes to to new hardware or something in between of a of a Steam Deck, right? Like 
that's what I'm I'm thinking in terms of new hardware. I'm not thinking pro. I'm thinking slim. I'm thinking detachable, uh, you know, disk drives. That's what I'm thinking here. And I think this is a, a whole lot of nothing. That said, though, Drellish writes in, I know the speculations are that the PlayStation 5 Pro to hit at the end of 2024. My question is, what are the chances of us experiencing a PlayStation 5 Slim? Could we get a Pro in a Slim version, thus not a fatter console, but more refined and streamlined, away from the iconic bulky look? Or is that characteristic PS5 look with the interchangeable faceplates here to stay until we get a PS6 in, God, 2028? Let's calm down with the future talk, right? Your thoughts. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I definitely think their detachable drive is a thing that's happening. We're going to we're gonna find it, you know, May, June, whenever that showcase is. Um but when I when I think of again, I don't think of a pro hitting in 2024. That doesn't make sense to me. I, I mean, as and it just comes naturally over time. You know, these boards get shrunken smaller and smaller. So I do think, you know, maybe around the time 2024 hits or you know 2025, we do see slimmer uh, PS5s. But they're always going to be reminiscent of the design that we have right here, right now. Like the PS3 had a metamorphosis towards the end of its life's lifespan, but it was always this weird cylinder attached to a rectangle look. So yeah. to me, even with the PS4, <laughs> look at the PS4 pro design. We'll just put another layer on it. Right. Um, <laughs> make it a little even slantier. It, it still was the same design that we kind of know. And I especially love. So I don't know. What, what do you think here, man? You think we're well, getting I a slim? I, I, I would like to see a slim. Even if a slim does happen, I still think that the same design aesthetic will transition because we saw that with the PS uh, PSVR 1 was the start of that. Uh, and then they kind of moved it into the, the PS5 and then, of course, the, the PSVR 2. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that if, if I were Jim Ryan, I would probably say, let's drag this generation out for as long as we possibly can let's really turn this into the next ps2 let's make sure that the ps5 is synonymous with uh everyone has one just like the nintendo switch nintendo switch is six years old like they're still selling the the nintendo original nintendo switch like yeah it's it's insane that they are still able to bundle that thing and in it's with selling Mario like hotcakes and even like yeah. i put in metroid uh prime remaster and it made a really weird noise when i opened up the little <laughs> nintendo you know, cartridge you know Help flap me. no it actually it said something even better it said kill me it's like what <laughs> kill me dad <laughs> i like all i dream of is nightmares like it was like really vivid um, are you okay little buddy but yeah i mean when it comes to like like Again, I think we're going to still see the same aesthetic. I don't think the PS5 is that uh, a very fanboy take. I get it. I'm middle-aged and fat. But I don't think that that, <laughs> that console is that obtuse. Like, I think both consoles are kind of obtuse looking. So when people are like, oh, the PS5 is so ugly. I'm like, it's 
It's fine. Let's stop all right. overreacting. All right, all right, all right. right. You're, getting a little too, you're getting a little fanboy here. I, I, I really, I don't, I, I know. I, I'm literally the only one going, this is fine. I don't know what everybody's talking about. <laughs> I like about. the curves. I like it's the curves. So pretty. The flaps. I like to hold it. Ooh. All right. It- <laughs> I'm working with a migraine here, okay? Bertos Maximus writes, do you think, that, and I want this to be, it's a new, it's two o'clock in the morning. Uh, Bertus Maximus writes, do you think that the PlayStation 5 Pro could really uh, give better performance than a PS5 currently does? And if so, in what areas? Oh, I think we touched on this a little bit, but like, yeah, like ray tracing, 60 FPS, like I'm right there with you, dude. I'm tired of having to choose between fidelity when I want to take a couple of pictures and then snap it back to performance. Like I would yeah. love to live in a future where that that gap is bridged much better um yeah that's at m9 prime rights hey guys when it comes to the ps5 pro talk do you think we need a pro oh, ooh, okay we might have touched on this too uh this generation especially within the year if you had to choose ah okay here's where it comes different if you had to choose between a ps5 slim or ps4 or sorry ps5 pro which would you prefer so if you had to choose right now you're you're Shuhei Yoshida. You are in the shoes of the mastermind himself. You get to decide, right? PS5 mm. Slim or Pro, where where do you go with? Mr. Mister, oh, I'm the fanboy because I think it's okay. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> so, it, okay, like I, I, I want to circle back and, and not try to repeat myself, but I do think that they could 100% uh, eke out more more consoles with going with the ps5 slim if you asked me uh which i would choose like personally i would probably sell my ps5 and put the money towards a ps5 pro um i always like the stronger more faster thing no matter what even with like like my phone here like i always had to get the faster version why i don't know my capitalism trained my brain that way i don't know so i would also go for ps5 pro um and again, I, I genuinely don't care what it looks like because it sits behind my TV anyway and I barely look at it. So to me... That's it, why you're... Oh, it sits on the side. It's fine. It's right here. That's why you don't care about how it looks. I have to look at mine like sideways every eh, single time I want right. to go play at something and I'm like, you're gonna it survive. feels weird. Oh, I will. I will. I will. Everybody, I co- everybody complained about the notches uh, on, the, on the iPhone. You know what? Now every phone has a goddamn notch, you know? Yeah, it still looks stupid, though. Ah, it looks fine. It looks fine. <laughs> they call it an island now. It's great. All right. Talking about islands that only one person's going to be on eventually, it's time to talk about our next story here, sir. Microsoft is signing deals to bring Activision games to even more services, according to George Yang over at IGN. Microsoft has signed yet another 10-year deal, apparently 10 years is the the magic number, with a cloud gaming provider. This time, it's with Ubitus, I think is how you say it, uh, which is... You beat us. Uh, this is what my father did to me. He, you beat us. Uh, oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> Logan, you went dark. I was just trying to do a Wilford Brimley thing. You bring him so, here. Sorry. No, I love my dad. He wasn't. 
That's not all. Um, I you beat us, a provider based in Tokyo, Japan. On Twitter, Xbox's Phil Spencer said, Microsoft and Ubitus, a leading cloud gaming provider. I got it stuck on my head now. I, I, can't, I can't get it out. I can't, I can't get, get it out. out of my head now. It's Everybody complain at Captain uh, Logan for that dark joke. It wasn't me this time, all right? <laughs> Has signed a 10-year partnership to stream Xbox PC games as well as Activision Blizzard titles after the acquisition closes. Our commitment is to give more players more choices, I'll, end I'll, quote. I'll say, the, I'll say the name this time. You okay. beat us. Go for it. You beat it. <laughs> is most known for working with many publishers on cloud versions of games for Nintendo Switch, including The Forgotten City, which is a good game, Control, an amazing game, A Plague Tale Requiem, an even better game, Resident Evil Village, which I love, scares me to death. Earlier this week, Microsoft announced that it signed a 10-year deal with uh, Boosteroid, a cloud gaming service based in Ukraine, in order to bring Xbox and PC games to more streaming providers. This would include Activision Blizzard games if its merger with Microsoft goes through. Microsoft is doing all it can to uh, assuage regulators' fears of anti-competitiveness within the gaming industry. Most recently, Microsoft signed 10-year deals with Nintendo and GeForce Now to make Activision Blizzard games more available on other platforms. Ooh, we Logan. It's getting it's getting cutthroat out there. It's getting Logan. dicey. It's getting There's dicey out here. Blood in the water, sir. You know, a lot of people like there. There are signs where people are like, "Oh yeah," is what I've been saying. Xbox is trying to make deals with everybody to undercut what Sony's main complaints are. PlayStation's trying to undercut Microsoft by trying to show past events of how they've um, maybe reneged on some offers here or removed or, or stopped production on some games on the Bethesda side. They're all just trying to do what they can to earn the buck at the end of the day. They're lawyers, at least. But it is interesting, this play that Microsoft's recently done, where it's just like, look, we're signing deals of all of our competitors, or quote-unquote competitors in the cloud space. This is not about competition. In fact, we're bringing more games in more places. Now, I, I, don't, I don't care what you feel or what your thoughts are at the end of the day about this Activision Blizzard deal. I want to know... This is what I really want to know. And I and I, I ask Kyle this. This is the, the one question that's been lingering in my brain. Do we think we get to a point here, Logan, where okay. Microsoft offers the same thing to Sony in terms of we already have them offering Call of Duty. But do you see a future where Microsoft goes, okay, here's the goddamn kitchen sink. Our cloud Xbox cloud games on PlayStation. They don't run natively. It's all based on the power of the cloud, but your Bethesda games, Starfield, you know, Halo, whatever have you, Xbox yeah. Game Pass games are here via the cloud on PlayStation. Do we see that future or is it is this market truly too competitive? Because if Microsoft's deal is like, hey, PlayStation already has the console market on lock. Same with Nintendo. We don't see them as, you know, true competitors, competitors uh, in, 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 in a cutthroat sense. We want to coexist, bring more games to more gamers, all that nonsense or talk. Um, I have a migraine. I didn't mean nonsense. Please, family. <laughs> you know, it, do you see them going here? Play a Halo on a PlayStation. I don't care. Yes, <gasps> I do. Do we have that feature? 
I think that future is inevitable. And the reason for it is because I don't think that Microsoft views uh, Sony and Nintendo as uh, competitors for um, screens. I think they see Google and Amazon and Apple as the the people that are competing for people's screens. Um, I think Microsoft, uh, and I've seen some rumors of going around about this. Um, it's it's hard to say how, like how accurate those are, but. I think Microsoft wants to get to a point where the Microsoft store is on parity and uh, on on respect wise with like Steam, which is why they probably have such a good deal with them, like probably why they why they enjoy them is they want to bring the games to everyone. They constantly say this uh, commitment to giving more players more choices. And I think they genuinely mean that. I think the, the thing that is stopping that is the idea of uh a brand recognition and a respect for loyalty to a system that I see with Sony. I think Sony wants to curate their content and showcase it the way that they have in the past that really says, these are the best experiences you're ever going to get with any of the consoles out there when it comes to video games. And I think Microsoft is saying, we have a lot of experiences that are available for a, a large plethora of people through Game Pass, and we just want people to sub to it. Yeah. God damn, that was a great point. I, and, and, I, <laughs> it, it, and I think it's not like archaic thinking of Sony to think that because their model is we sell this rectangle, people buy this rectangle. It's really important to us because we make money on this rectangle and this ecosystem that's inside of it. And by Microsoft, you know, going outside and trying to branch ahead of them of just being the app on screens, it kind of makes those rectangles uh, less and less relevant, which means they make them obsolete. And so they look at, they look at, at Microsoft as the, the, the threat in the, in the nearer future than they'd like to admit. Um, and I think Microsoft views uh, things like the Apple TV things like Netflix, things like the Fire Stick as the competitor. Because they're, I think Microsoft's looking at it of, yeah, our, our, we're in a war for our people's attention. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we saw Netflix talk about how Fortnite hurt their streaming numbers. They blame Fortnite for some of their streaming numbers back in the day. And I see Microsoft going, you know, we're tired of the Netflix comparisons. We're competing against them in, in some yeah. type of level. And so I think that's why Microsoft's, Microsoft's selling, you know, signing all these deals because they don't care where you're, you're playing their games as long as you're playing their games. They're going to be making money off of it. So, you know, when people are like, oh, well, what happens at the end of this deal? Is there going to be bad blood? They don't care if there's money involved. They're going to make money. So if there's a good yeah. deal for them, they're going to they're gonna make that deal. And again, if you're a PlayStation, yeah, you're... You're Jim Ryan. You want to kill this deal because it's it scares you because it changes the way your company has to do business. But yeah, I also feel like there's been multiple times. There's a great Twitter thread uh, by I think it's like Tweak Town, I believe, like editor in chief there of just like mm. Microsoft disrupted the industry numerous times, right? You're talking like Xbox Live, right? Um, you're talking like um, the summer. Uh, uh, indie arcade or sorry summer of arcade whatever um yeah. like you, you've seen them disrupt the game multiple times and you've seen nintendo and sony 
adapt to that change. So it's not like Sony's incapable of adapting. They just wanted, they just want the status quo the way it is because right now the status quo benefits them the most. Oh yeah. And, and, and that's what it is at the end of the day. So to me, I do live in this optimistic future and maybe just the migraine talking that I will be <laughs> getting what I want a gears of war on a PlayStation sooner than I think. Will it be the best version of gears? Probably not, but that will suffice if I get, you know, haptic and dual sense capabilities. That's all I care. about. If you ever wanted to understand what Microsoft's motive is, okay. go to uh especially if you're an xbox um connoisseur if you have xbox game pass do me a favor head over to being.com don't do it search halo infinite oh no pair up your controller to your computer and play halo infinite through bing can you really do that you search halo infinite there's a button that says connect a controller to play now <laughs> there you go that's what microsoft wants microsoft wants to give you access everywhere that's what they want to do if if you have any question about what their motives are it's not about destroying playstation it's not about ruining uh, uh the, the 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 ecosystem for gamers out there it's about getting players subscribed to a service that they can access anywhere and then bringing deals and games to it so that others can enjoy it and if anything i would say it's done a, a fantastic job of pushing sony to reinvent the wheel when it comes to their service with their streaming service and and ps plus has gotten significantly yes. cooler. i mean we're about to talk about all those cool and awesome things that we're going to be getting from playstation plus so i'll actually i'll just i'll just squeeze this in here now it's time for flash news gotta run gotta go fast gotta run fast and you're right playstation plus has gotten significantly better it's time to bring up the first piece of flash news april's first playstation plus game has already been revealed, is Behaviors developer uh, Meet Your Maker. The post-apocalyptic first-person building game will be released on April 4th, when it will also be claimable via PlayStation Plus. The game, which sees players build and defend outposts against other users, will be available to essential subscribers on both PS5 and PS4. See, look at it. Can't get, you can't escape PS4, it just comes. Uh, Meet Your Maker is also scheduled to release on PC, Xbox Series consoles on the same date. Now, on top of all that good news, I like a good free game here and there, PS Plus Extra March lineup drops and every game here available to play on the 21st of March. Tachia, uh, which is going to be a new game for uh, extra subscribers, out on the 21st, Ghostwire Tokyo with a free Spiders Thread DLC content will be also available on April 12th, uh, but the game will be able to play on March 21st. This is the DLC again, migrate. Uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Rainbow Six Siege Extraction, Life is Strange, True Colors. Oh, please go play True Colors. And Life is Strange 2, the full game, uh, Dragon Ball Z, Carrot Cake, uh, Street Fighter V Collector's Edition, the untitled Goose Game, Final Fantasy Type-0 HD, Rage 2, Neo, The World Ends With You, and Haven. Everybody going, oh, wow, this is a great list of gosh dang games. Like, Tachia, that's yeah. awesome. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, that's awesome. Immortals Phoenix Rising is such a sleeper. Go play that. Um, a lot of love here. And 
Yeah. Again, PlayStation Plus changed. Why? Because Xbox pushes them. This is what companies do, right? Like, look at PlayStation Plus. It came to to rival Xbox Gold, and to me, it was a better deal. And then Xbox Gold answered with, please hold the laughter, uh, Xbox uh, Gold uh, game uh, monthly games, right? Because PlayStation was giving away a game or two every month. Like, they always constantly one-up each other. And this is, you're seeing in real time, Sony readjust their strategy to meet the, the moment. And servicing their players who how how they can at that moment so it seems like people are really loving this service or starting to um and there's also like if i'm not mistaken i got ridge racer the psp version and splinter cell as well the psp version that has trophy support so i mean last month and this month are any indicators playstation fans we're gonna start eating pretty damn good so love to see it this is something that I think uh, uh, Sony has really stepped up and and moved forward ahead of Xbox on. Um, I've I've constantly been thinking it and saying it to most of my friends that Xbox is is doing good with Game Pass, but they really need to justify Xbox Gold if they want to continue having that service. It is uh, long overdue to start moving a lot of those Xbox One games over to that service, and everything that comes out is just little indie games here and there. Um, and every time uh, PlayStation Plus comes out with their their essentials or their extra or their premium, I mean, I'm constantly thinking like, man, this is fantastic. Yeah, and, and I mean, like I, I hear on a lot of Xbox shows like, uh, it's the games of gold month. Do we even want to talk about it? It's like, <laughs> I get it, guys. I get it. So it, listen, it, it, it is what it is. I think they tried to push people onto the gold when they tried to, or sorry, out of gold uh, in, into Game Pass when they tried to up the price. That's what I generally think. And now they're kind of yeah. re- rethinking how do we push people from gold to Game Pass. And I think it's by just making Game Pass such an irresistible offer uh, at this point, at least. All right. Yeah. The next bit of flash news: The Last of Us season finale broke its own viewership record, despite competing with the Oscars. Eight point two million people tuned in to watch the show's final episode. It also outpaced uh, Game of Thrones' average concurrent viewer count of thirty million. I think. uh, What is it? Uh, Or twenty nine million? I think Last of Us edged it out with like thirty point two million average concurrent. Uh, per episode monster hit and it's crazy how many things were in front of it like how many special shows like the oscars i think what was it like the grammys in 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 january like there are so many oh uh, the goddamn super bowl like (laughs) there were so many (laughs) obstacles and yet it still overcame and to see the love that everybody's showing um shows that yeah making good video game adaptation yeah possible this it's amazing to see this and uh, the Halo TV show on parody with how good they are. It's It's been fascinating to see just like how, how Sony's really stepped up to what Halo put out on Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> I like you, Logan. <laughs> crazy for me, man. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart could be the next PlayStation PC port. Uh, this comes from PlayStation Lifestyle, by the way. A new job listing for a UX slash UI engineer at Nixus has found by a user uh, 
on the Game Leaks and Rumors Reddit wants potential candidates with quote-unquote experience in using coherent middleware. This is in reference to Coherent Labs, which offers or describes itself as the quote-unquote only professional gaming UI middleware in the world. End quote. Uh, one of the games that Coherent Labs features on its official website is Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, alongside with Control Ultimate Edition, PUBG, Minecraft, and many more. Putting two pieces of information together, it's reasonable to believe that Rift Apart is Nixus's next PC port. Probably. I would like to see that be the case. But also, Rift Apart, you know, remember, is that special SSD. So how are they going to find workarounds to make that work? Or if that was all just marketing jargon. Sometimes us gamers, we fall for the marketing jargon. That said, though, more ways of playing Ratchet and Clank ripped apart, the better, because it is my f favorite Ratchet and Clank next to Up Your Arsenal. Um, <laughs> dude, so good. I love those. I love those titles. I love so, so yeah, funny. that could be the next one. I hope so. And then That'd hopefully cool. it comes to PlayStation Plus. You know, in the near future, who knows? I'd be awesome. Last bit of a flash news: uh, Naughty Dog's Neil Druckmann says Naughty Dog has chosen its next game, but doesn't confirm The Last of Us Part Three. On an episode of Kind of Funny uh, Spoiler Cast, friend of the show, Neil Druckmann said, "I know the fans really want Last of Us Part Three. I hear about it all the time." All I can say is that we're already ready on to our next project, and the decision has already been made. I can't say what it is, but the process uh, we went through, there was a lot of consideration on a lot of different things. We picked the thing that was the most excited for us to work on. He added, at the end of every project, we purposely explore several different projects. Some of them might be a sequel and a bunch of them new ideas. Then we feel, where do our passions lie? He also talks about how, you know, even entering Naughty Dog at, at the role he was in, Naughty Dog had the carte blanche to do different things. That's why The Last of Us even exists. Um, so let, let, let's be clear here, guys, guys. People of all ages. Last of Us show came out. HBO, it's a hit. Right? They say that, hey, there's going to be multiple seasons of part two. You bet your dollar they're working on Last of Us part three. <laughs> they really? want to. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way Neil is going to close out the series with, with the TV show. I think he wants to tell the story his way at, with part three and then have uh, the HBO team work up on the adaptation. For sure. I also think Naughty Dog's probably working on multiple projects, not just Last of Us at this point as well. Man, that's a that's an interesting take there because I well, because I think that that would kind of be shown as succumbing to the 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 marketing and the 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 higher ups like, oh, Last of Us HBO show is so successful. You guys really need to kick out that multiplayer and we need to get that part three in place because we're going to have a, a lot to cover as soon as that the next two seasons or next three seasons of uh, Last of Us part two are, are uh, finished up. So we want to make sure we got something in the hopper ready to go. Yeah. And that sounds like such a, a cynical corporate view to have that it, it makes too much sense yeah so i kind of hope that it's something new i i do i listen i really hope it's it's something new but i do think if if naughty dog's working on 
something, I do think it's probably two different IP. So I do think they're working on on a on a Last of Us because Neil wants to finish that story he's told. Um, even when when we're taking a look at how he's uh, making the narrative for his next game, right? He's trying to make it like a TV show's writer's room. And I think yeah. that's probably to to rein him in a bit and to get different ideas because he took a lot of inspiration from his experiences on the show. So to me, listen, I would love them to work on a new and different thing. I just think that Neil wants to finish this game. I think it's a three-parter. I think he wants to do it on, on his terms. And I think the team is probably down on that idea as well because if you're at Naughty Dog, you're probably signed up you probably signed up not just for the pedigree, but because you want to work on Uncharted and Last of Us stuff. I could see that too. I could see him being so in love with what went on with the making of the show that it really sparked off a whole bunch of really cool ideas. Yeah. And he brought them to the table. He, he give he gave an an earnest look at all the other projects that were presented, uh, and decided that they that they felt the most passionate with closing out the 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 trilogy and making the third part three i have no clue what part two is like so i can't imagine what they would do for part three because i have no clue but um i i I could honestly see that as the as a viable uh take as well too it just seems convenient given the success of the show and and i think that's the easy thing to to kind of move to um which is why i always like when companies as good as naughty dog uh decide to shift away from what they know would be an easy buck fair fair Hey, I listen. I want to know what y'all think down below. You think I'm I'm right? They're gonna take the safe and easy way out, or you think they're gonna do something crazy like uh, like Logan here? Let me know. That said, it's time for our segment, quick play. Now y'all know this how this this game works. It's simple. We each have a game that we're gonna be talking about, and we have one minute to talk about it. And if it is that interesting to us, we'll ask questions and extend the time and this week is a little bit easier because uh, we both been playing the same game resident evil 4 remake uh logan i want to know what your thoughts are on the resident evil 4 remake and walking in are you a big resident evil fan is for your favorite if so let me know all about it so um okay i'm gonna start off the the timer got the timer going now all right so um, I've only ever played Resident Evil 1 through 3 uh, and 0, technically. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Resident Evil franchise, having never played 4, 5, 6, 7, or most of 8, um, or the Revelation games or any of the other stuff like that. But I really love the franchise. I think the IP's uh, amazing. I played through the demo, and I died a bunch of times, but I played through it a couple times, and genuinely had a good time with it it's such a beautiful game um even though horror games nowadays uh scare the living um freaking so i uh i sorry i was holding the phone i was like i gotta get to the b button or he's gonna have to bleep (laughs) this out later um but i i I, games like that really do mess with my anxiety uh and unfortunately it's the thing that that prohibits me from being able to enjoy a lot of really good horror games like dead space like uh, village and seven and stuff like that um but this game was fantastic so i really enjoyed the demo all right time now i'm gonna time myself uh having played resident evil 4 for the first time during lockdown uh, i don't have the love for resident evil 4 or the nostalgia for it but I felt while playing that that this is people's the Resident Evil fans' Dead Space remake 
this felt amazing. And I think the reason why it felt so great was not only is the combat still remaining true to form to what the game was when it first uh, came out, just allowing smart changes like the lack of quick time events and, and making it, it so you have a cool dodge and parry system. But the one thing that it did really well is the haptics. You know, we always talk about on the show how much we love the DualSense haptics and, you know, the little uh, adaptive triggers. Here, it's highlighted so incredibly well. And you know what? I'm just going to extend the time. I'm a real piece of shit. Um, <laughs> because, honest to goodness, that was the, the, the star of the show for me was what was coming out of the, the controller, both the, the, the feeling, the tension of, of the adaptive triggers and, you know, the speaker of the chainsaw, right? Like everything to me felt like an evolu- not a, an elevation of mechanics before and not a complete rethink of it. So my time with the Resident Evil 4 trailer or demo was strictly, I'm not a big demo person, but even for me, there was, I, I can't wait to go back to this next week. It's just... It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, so maybe I will have that love for Resident Evil 4 after this game because that demo, man, oh, man, it it changed me. It changed me. Loved it. That's, can I just say, because I played through the demo Go on Xbox, I didn't get the benefit of the, the adaptive trigger because I love the DualSense. I think the DualSense is probably one of the best controllers yeah, I've ever yeah. touched. Um, I love how you're pandering. And, and, and I love this. No, no, no. Genuinely, you know where I you're do. On. I, <laughs> I, I love my Xbox Elite controller. I have it is it is like within yeah. reach. I have my Halo Infinite Xbox Elite Series controller. Um, I I genuinely do think that the, the the DualSense is doing something that no other controller is doing with the haptics, with the adaptive triggers. I think it's. I, I was a I did not believe it at first until I got my hands on it, and now I believe. Um, so I I think I need to go and actually play through that with. Mm-hmm the dual sense because uh, playing it on xbox i didn't experience any of that it was just a very straightforward plain game you know it had normal rumble nothing too special um but now you've got me curious because i i do really like like when i'm playing uh hogwarts legacy the the spells and stuff that i hear coming through the the speaker on the controller really do add atmosphere to, to Dude, what i'm doing in the game real talk go play this demo because you're gonna see what i'm saying like even like the footsteps it's not it's not mm. heavy-handed either it's implemented in such as a a smart way um this might be some of my favorite haptics so far just the brief Ooh. little time I, i've gotten to play with it, it it's great that's it's because we're running a little bit long i do want to i do want to answer nagachaka's question here sorry luke snore um, and I'm sorry you had to deal with them on a weekly basis, Logan. But Nagachaka writes, what do you think Resident Evil 4 Remake will score on Metacritic or Open Critic, and why is it a 100? Um, I mean... I mean... Capcom doesn't miss. Their yeah. games are fantastic. If it doesn't score a, a 10 out of 10, I'll be very disappointed in whatever they change to to move it away from whatever the mass you know it being a masterpiece as as that's a normal thing. original form. Um, I mean, listen, I think the original is like a ninety four, ninety six around there. Um, but also understand there was far less review sites at that time, and there's a whole lot of nostalgia and love that this game has to it, it needs to have, right? Yeah. So I just think with the more reviewers out there, the nostalgia people have for it, it's going to either hit or it's going to miss a little bit. So I think it's going to fall somewhere in the 90 category. I think it's still going to do really great, 
But I think it's going to be, you know, a few notches down just because of the sake of maybe what they change isn't, you know, people aren't too necessarily keen on. That said, go for it, Logan. I think the things that will ding it will will purely come down to performance and not uh, content. Absolutely. All right, Logan, are you holding on to something? I Yes. Prepare the drop. Here are the latest steals and deals headed to the police station storefront. March 14th, Happy Busetti on PS4, Legends of Heroes Trails of Azure on PS4, The Wreck on PS5, PS4, Vernal Edge on PS5, PS4, March 15th, Blade of Darkness on PS5, PS4, Kung Fury Street Rage, The Ultimate Edition on PS4, Tricky Thief on PS5, PS4, see, look at PS5, PS4, let's drop the PS4, let's be brave, uh, Wilson. The Lords of Mayhem on PS5, PS4. March 16th, Alice Gear Aegis CS. Concerto of Simulatrix. I got it. Simulatrix. Simulatrix on PS5. Anno 1800, Console Edition, PS5. Gorn on PSVR 2. (gasps) Gorn, let's go. Interesting. I I might get that. Post Void on PS5, PS4. The Dark Pictures Switchback on PSVR 2. I could say that I am currently playing it and that we'll have my thoughts next week. That's all I will share. All right, good. March 17th, Peppa Pig, The World of Adventures on PS5, PS4. The Guys on PS5, PS4. And WWE 2K23 on PS5 and PS4. (laughs) All right, y'all. Since we're running a little bit long of the tooth, I got a few questions here and maybe we'll save a few for the post show. So that said, duh, 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 oh sorry, it's time for the Sony Pony Express. Yeah. DJ Hercules eighty nine writes, "What's your opinion on Destiny Two Root of Nightmares raid being completed in less than three hours? A lot of people saying the mechanics were leaked prior to the raid's release, so they can say, or so can they say it's even a legit." When I've heard about this, Logan, you're a big DC or sorry, DC Jesus destiny guy. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this raid being completed so early? Uh, let I, me, let me hear your thoughts. Okay. So, uh, for those that don't know, I've already beaten roots of nightmare, uh, or the root of nightmares. Oh, and, um, it will, it took us about five hours off of competition mode. Okay. Um, and a lot of that was just kind of getting things squared away, getting an understanding. It was a first run through. Um, I think with this being completed in less than three hours for a contest mode, it's kind of a bummer to the diehards out there, like the streamers who who put their lives into this. Um, with that being said, this is going to be one of the most accessible raids for players of Destiny 2 that I've ever played through. And I played through just about all of them. So um if that's the case, then it seems like Destiny is trying to make their game more accessible. Should it have been harder um, for contest mode? Yes, I do think so. Okay. Uh, but then again, I also think that if people got the mechanics prior to the raid's release, um, all of that is all on, uh, it's all speculation. It's all hearsay. There's very few ways you'll be able to ever prove that, right? And if, as far as it being a legit win, if they beat it, they beat it. Um, if, if unless you can prove that they actually knew he the does, mechanics, he does. Yeah, if he dies, he dies. It's very not sensitive. Yeah. Um, so 
I think that it's a bummer to to see it done so quickly for the people that work so hard on that, for folks that are so dedicated to build crafting, to understanding how to play through raids, things like that. They were hoping for a challenge, and this wasn't nearly as challenging for them. Um, but to say that the lead, that the that the win wasn't legit really does kind of spit in the face of the people that spent their time working through that even if they understood how to get the mechanics, because eventually they're going to figure out what the mechanics are. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not they they kind of understand it, but it's still hard to execute. I knew what the mechanics were going into the fight. It's still hard to execute it, especially in contest mode. So you think this is a lift strong bracelet situation? Where it's like, hey, you got the ear <laughs> in the bracelet, but understand the man cheated, right? Is this what you're um, Even that, I still like... I if they want the win let them have the win because they they did win but i i mean it's hard to know like it's it's generally just hard to know like did they cheat if they if you can prove that they cheat this is a deflate gate situation a little bit closer probably kevin ainsworth writes in (laughs) (laughs) can you play a game quote unquote wrong for example i'm a not a big open world fan However, I got Horizon Zero Dawn free for, through PS Plus, so I played just the story. Then I was given a free copy of Forbidden West, so again, I played just the story. I don't mean I did some side quests. I literally ran the Golden Marker to the Golden Marker and just did the story. I've been told I've played the game, quote-unquote, incorrectly. Thoughts? My friends, uh, am I a psychopath in hiding? Ains, uh, Ainsworth, listen, you're just, you just need a job. You're being too many games. I'm not signing with Sean Capri. I'm sorry. He's <laughs> like, oh, I've already played through 90 games. Well, if you're playing through Golden Path, of course you're going to play 90 games. No, you're not. Jokes aside, you're not playing a game wrong. You're playing the game you want to play it. Then you're playing the game right, as far as I'm concerned. So tell all those, you know, people bullying you to buzz off. All right. Mr. Batman's yeah. orders. Yeah. Uh, I agree. The Green Gorilla Gamer writes, Sup, boys? So, okay. So, nobody else is talking about it yet. So, let's just bring it up. The Suicide Squad has been delayed again. Well, not yet. Not officially. Not yet. First, they said it was just delayed until later in the year. And now, rumors say it's been delayed into 2024. But whatever the case, I'm not happy about it. I won't dive deep on it, as I've been speaking been been spoken about it before uh i'm not upset at the devs in the slightest what does bother me though is that i'm under the impression that this game got delayed because uh everyone and their grandma got on their twitter high horse and lost their shit about a game that honestly looks fine it doesn't need to be the next eldering and it uh, and that brings me to my question are people being too picky does everyone just have uh, just expect a game to just be this magnificent work of art uh, straight out of the gate uh, and appreciating something different? I'm not saying that I'm a big fan of the live service model, either though at least for, uh, it's cosmetic purposes only, but the combat looks fine. I don't mind the Borderlands approach either because uh, because those games were a ton of fun. The characters look freaking awesome, and the story has me intrigued, especially considering the pedigree behind it. Uh, like, sorry. Okay. Unless there is a serious problem, can we please just let them make their game? What do you think? I think I have a migraine, and words got real twisted up at the end for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> you did yeah, good. No. Oh, thanks, man. I try. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think. Look, the devs getting more time if this delay is accurate, because they have yet to come out and say that it is or isn't. Is good. It gives them more time to make their game the way that they want it. Right. That being said, how much time are you giving them? Uh, is it a full-blown year? Like, if people didn't like it, and maybe even, you know, internal tests showed and it pulled bad, how much time do you actually, are, are you able to actually give them, to, to give them enough time to change the things that were the God-honest complaint? Because if people's main complaint was, oh, yeah, there's these weird purple tumors on tanks and helicopters that were dumb, things look too bullet-spongy, okay, that's fine, but how much... On paper, it, it seems like an easy change, but how much work does that go to actually fix and address those things? That said, I think the game looks fine, but look, I, I'm also here to say I'm in the minority because a lot of people on Twitter like to yell at, yell at things. So to me, even though I believe Twitter's not a real place and just because people yell about something doesn't mean it's fact, um, it seems like they've counted the beans and said... There might be something here. I don't know. Logan, your thoughts? I, uh, I'm i going to say uh, I, I, apologies to those that listen to uh, both shows here, but um, I'm going to kind of say kind of what I said on Xbox Expansion Pass, which was I believe this game will get pushed to 2024. Uh, it was late in the tooth before we started to actually see actual gameplay for this. Um, I think that uh, they are making the game they want to make. I think they are just wanting to make sure that they understand how to better market this game because right now they have not been showing what i think a lot of people want which is the boss battles between the justice league it's called suicide squad kill the justice league uh i don't think that they've really shown us what that is going to look like yeah. um i'm a fan of live service games i love paying one price for a game and then if i want additional content or if i want cosmetics without having to pay a full-on price i love dedicating myself to that game putting the time in and getting the cosmetics through a game pass or getting through a, a a season pass uh that has like the same amount of currency that is in it that it costs so i can just put that money right back into another bunch of cosmetics that i didn't have to pay for twice so it being a live service game isn't what I think people wanted because I think people are oversaturated and time is more the concern as yeah. opposed to the quality of the game. That being said, I think this game has some flaws as far as how I feel the characters are. I don't know that I want to be King Shark double jumping, dashing through the sky to get to another rooftop. I, I think I would rather... Hmm? I want to be King Shark. Would you like to be King Shark doing a bunch of jumps? Or... Yeah. Would you like to have King Shark being the beast that he is and like climbing his way up through Mount or up uh, along the side of a building? Both sound pretty cool. <laughs> You're good with both. <laughs> I'm good with I, both of them. Easy, please. Yeah, that's it. And honestly, I, I agree with uh, the Green Gorilla Gamer here is, is not all games have to be Elden Ring. And you can find the fun in whatever game you want. And it doesn't necessarily have to be what everyone else says is the 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 bee's knees. You don't live for the zeitgeist. Live for yourself and play the game that you want. If they're delaying it to 2024, it's because they believe they can improve it. And whatever time they need is the time that they should they deserve to get because they've been spending five some years on making this game what's another year 
Hell yeah. Uh, to me, yeah, as long as they're getting the time to me- need to make the game that they want to make, that's all that matters to me. That being said, though, though not everything needs to be Elden Ring, we do expect Rocksteady to come out swinging with something that is substantial because of the pedigree of which they've left behind with those three games, the Arkham series. So I understand why people are kind of going, another one of these, but kind of what like Lou Rain uh, writes, I knew a few, sorry, I knew Suicide Squad was a live service game, but when it was confirmed, there was outrage. So, uh, are we really going to see shock and outrage in the streets when Last of Us multiplayer is revealed to be a live service game too? Or will Naughty Dog get a pass? Gameplay is king. Being the live service don't matter in my opinion. To me, it's live service doesn't matter if the game is great, right? Like I've been playing Fortnite for years because the game constantly shifts, changes, and is great time and time again. Same with Sea of Thieves with you and I, right? You you have a, a podcast dedicated to it uh, because the gameplay hooks you. As long as the game is great, I don't think people really care. That being said, if you're just chasing trends, which we've seen a lot of games of service or live service games do, you're going to get that flack, right? Um, And I think that's what people are concerned about when they're looking at a game like the Suicide Squad. So, yeah, I do think like a game like The Last of Us Multiplayer will get that pass because it is going to be something that is legitimately different from a lot of games that we've seen if the rumors and speculation are correct that this is a Tarkov-esque experience. So to me, that's that's what it also boils down to. It's like, cool, they get to make their, you know, get to have more time with their game that they want to make. But if the audiences are genuinely sour, it doesn't matter how much time they're going to get because it's going to get flack no matter what. Though I do think Green Gorilla, you're 100% right. I think people were way too harsh on it because they saw Battle Pass and go, oh, Fortnite has a Battle Pass and reacted. I actually it goes into my my next bit game gamers and the media alike are too quick to react to things rather than sit back and go okay what does this really mean we react first and ask questions later so to me that's what i think a lot of people are just taking out the mat and jumping to conclusions that's what i'm thinking here that said, we do have one question, but I want to layer it in a comment in a review that we got on Apple Podcasts. Now, that said, I don't want to Streisand affect it, but I do feel like this comment needs to be hi- highlighted the way that we treat people, which goes along into Green Gorilla Gamer's question. And I'm going to be breaking this comment up uh, as I go along because I want to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> so, again, you know, the last few weeks, we've been asking you guys for your five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we're gracious for every review that comes in, even if it's a one-star or two-star. It means the world to us that we have emitted an emotion, a feeling that you feel so strongly about that you want to come on and show us your love or give us your critiques, as long as they're fair and respectful. So, let's talk about this. <clears throat> Here's a three-star review from I'm Nudie, who writes, Just listen. Don't watch. Oh, boy. The trophy room keeps me entertained while working. I think the guys have something special here, but the fanboyness is obvious. Captain Logan, can you agree? Host of an Xbox podcast on the show of a PlayStation 1? Yeah, well, if you go read my review, you will see that my review also uh, yeah. calls out that your your show is amazingly fanboyish yeah. and that it's a must watch. 
Fair enough. That said, uh, they go on to say, it's disappointing when you check out the video version and just realize it's just two overweight middle-aged guys. Stop. So obviously we have the modern day Sherlock Holmes on the case because he's deduced with the power and the gift of sight that I am indeed overweight. I take offense to the middle age part, but I want to apologize to I'm nudie here right now. Um, I'm not the sexy Latino twink that you thought I was. I apologize if my voice led you astray. Um, I wish I was that sexy Latino twink every day of my life, but Modern Sherlock Holmes also says that we have a bias because we're called the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. Jesus Christ. Uh, who still <laughs> live with their family members. S stop right there. Okay. I do, indeed. My sister-in-law suffers from CRPS, which is a neurological disability where her body thinks she is still in the car crash that she was in eight years ago. So our family... Uh, take time out of their day to make sure that she gets all the care and love that she needs. So we drive her to, you know, whatever the case may be, doctor's appointments, procedures. We cut her food for her, dress her, all that type of stuff. We do it because that's what family does. We're in there for the long haul and gosh dang it, I want to be an uncle. And it looks like the good news is I might be an uncle soon, which is fang freaking fantastic. Hopefully by the end of the year. That being said, one can't really hold a job. Yikes. I don't even know where that came from. We we both have jobs. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Just seems like the real stereotypical gamer type. So it goes along with respect and, you know, jumping to conclusions and being kind to people. Right. Because this person was triggered because I said something that they believe is fanboyish so much so that they wanted to make a comment to me. And when I didn't read it the first time, they kept on refreshing the Apple page to make sure that this comment was number one thing that I saw. So you got the attention you deserved, but was it worth it? <laughs> because honestly, I saw this comment, I laughed, I put it on Twitter going, this is kind of like what I have to deal with on a daily. People come to me all the worst stuff. And a lot of people came up to me going, this is the reason why I stopped. People are way too mean. I can't do this anymore. Luckily, I, I have thicker skin and it's purely because I'm a middle-aged overweight dude, but to me, we have to be nicer to each other, y'all. We got to be more respectful to the developers out there, to the people that are creating content for y'all. You know, at the end of the day, this show is free, and I do it because I love y'all. Because when I think about making the show, I'm thinking about Nagachaka. I'm thinking about Katie. I'm thinking about Kevin Ainsworth. I'm thinking about everybody that participates here and how much people need it. And I say this because Ask What Not Right why writes, can we show some love to Sean Capri and his decision to practice self-care and putting himself first? I think it's important to highlight how crucial it is. Give ourselves space to be vulnerable and to be completely okay to step back when we need it. Uh, yeah. And I echo this by even taking it one step further. Let's take time out of our week. We don't have to you know, it could be giving your favorite podcast a five-star review. It could be just simply putting down a comment on a YouTube video going how much or, or displaying how much your content or your, their content means to you, right? Be nice. Put that energy first and foremost. Put it out there for everybody. Put that positive feels because reading Gorilla Gamer's question here, it is. We jump to conclusions. We react 
way too fast to things and way too strongly to things uh, when we really ought to take a few steps back and going, is this okay? And it's awesome to see my good friend, Sean Capri, host of the Xbox Drive, say, you know what? I need to take some me time. And it's easy because the last few weeks, I could say even for me, have been awful in terms of just seeing how we're talking to people across the keyboard. It's, it's, it's like we don't think there's anybody across the screen. We, it's, it's like everybody else is an NPC. And so like people like I'm nudie get to say mean things because they can't build the things that we have here. And so they just want to spike the ball and be rude dicks. So I really want to answer that negative energy with positive ones. So if we can leave this week tonight with some good vibes, it is again, and I echo it, put that good energy out there. You know, wish, you know, Kyle Stevenson, a uh, 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 well wishes as he recovers from his stomach bug, go out there, wish Sean Capri the best as he goes and soul searches. Even if it go means you go say something nice to Luke Lore, host of the expansion pass, go ahead, do it. I'll allow you to say that you think the show's a banger or a sweet num num. As long as it's positive kind, please, for the love of God, be better than I'm nudie who seems like is real Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is too, like when I put that, uh, you know, when I put that post out there, people came back again with the positive love and all that stuff. But the DMs going, yeah, I know that guy, and they are literally the worst. <laughs> Welcome to the elite club. It's like ah, cool. So I'm not alone. And I think we got to air out those grievances a little bit more as we create content online. Understand that we're dealing with perfect strangers. You don't know what's going on behind my, you know, the scenes here. I open up pretty clearly about it when I can, but some things are mine. Like I didn't want to share to y'all that. Yeah. I, you know, there's a person in my home that, you know, has a little bit more needs than others, but that's her journey that she's going through and we're going through it with her, you know, but sometimes people like that, mm, they just rub me the wrong way. So please be kind, be respectful. And that said, all right, Logan, I guess you get to close out. Is there anything you'd like to spotlight before we head on out of here of the trophy room? Um, I mean, I would I would say, if anything, first off, I have to respond to what you said because that's it's insane. If, if there was ever anyone in the gaming pundit atmosphere yeah. that I trusted opinion more, it would be the overweight middle-aged person living Thank at home you. because they Thank are the you. ones that are dedicating themselves to understanding this stuff. <laughs> Some guy sitting out there next to their Lambo talking about how they're going to steal your girlfriend. I don't care what they think about video games. And they're probably in a Romanian prison, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> for all I care. That's, that's <laughs> how I feel about it. Cause they, they don't, they're not going to be bringing me actual news. Um, no, I, I, I really love what you said, and it was it was moving. And no one has any right to any of the personal information that you've shared. And the fact that you're sharing it shows that no one understands what you deal with on a day to day basis, and they have no right to judge for that. Um, if I could showcase anything, I would just say that I would love for folks to give the Xbox Expansion Pass a shot. And the reason for it is not because I'm on it, but because Luke Lore has industry driving interviews with devs from studios that people love their games for. 
And the work that he puts out there is something that he's proud of. He's constantly driving to uh, be a voice and and a, and a home for people. And the Discord that we've created for the patrons is uh, like a mini vacation from all of the the that's going over on Twitter. Yeah. And I and I absolutely love it. Yeah, honestly, the Xbox Expansion Pass is one of my favorite podcasts out there. Uh, your Keel Hall podcast is amazing, though I've never been a part of it. That's fine. That's okay. Don't worry, oh, Logan. I'm not gonna put you, you on the spot. That. You can <laughs> no, change no, that. No, no, no. It's too late. It's all right. I said the thing, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. At the end of the day, when it comes to like me comments, I-, I knew I had to get used to them when I got a death threat over at Nintendo Labo. And then everything else like is off the sh- like. It's- just dirt off the shoulder. It's like, it really just comes down to they hate us because they ain't us, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, so, like, the only a- comment that, honestly, out of that whole post that I thought was, uh, like, it hurt my feelings, out of the whole thing, um, it was middle-aged because I had to look up what is middle-aged, and um, I'm, I'm getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting dangerously close. <laughs> and I don't like yeah. that feeling whatsoever. But Look other it. than that, I, I just I just barely crossed over 40. It's scary on this side. Yeah. Um, I'm getting closer and closer to hearing the music that I like in the grocery stores. And that's oh, how I know I'm getting old. Yeah. So just be be aware. Like you hear Metallica the... in aisle nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bum. Like perfect circle and Bum. stuff. Bum. Like I'm just like, oh, what is this? Why? Why am I enjoying the grocery store so much? Why this is Diary right. of Jane playing while I'm looking at like soda that i can't have what's going on here <laughs> it'll happen to you just wait One uh, day you're gonna be listening to little nasty in the grocery store and thinking now, what did my life become real talk i i i listen to the radio a lot at work um because that's all all we can do and um you can't even put our goddamn mp3s in. it's the worst so i'm just hearing music from artists i don't know and i automatically don't like it's like this is <laughs> i don't know who this person is you, you're you're getting to that point now. You've you've time you've shut yourself off from new yep. music. Yeah, that's how you know. Done. You're starting to get. You're getting closer and closer to that grave. Done. The cutoff was Dua Lipa. And that's it for obvious reasons. <laughs> but like I like Lil Nas X. If I hear another Lil Nas X song, I'm gonna jump off a window. I just, just I can't do it anymore, man. I just can't. You know, and not yeah. because the music's bad. I just don't understand what's going on anymore. Yeah, there's a also, there's a there's a rapper named Little Yachty, and I'm like, is he is he a like is he just a little yacht? Don't know. <laughs> no, I'm a old. Little. Yeah, that, that's all it is. They're just littles now. Like if you saw the the Call of Duty yeah. Modern Warfare presentation that came out before it came or no, it was it was um uh, uh modern no was it Vanguard? Oh, I can't I'll, remember. I'll, I'll just was. believe your word, whatever it is. It was it was the bigs versus the littles, and they got rappers to do the no showcase. Way. And it was a, it was a really funny thing because they're cussing, they're yelling. And it's like sure. they're like trying to promote a video game. And these guys are just playing like it's they're on the couch and stuff. It was hilarious. Oh my god, that's see that's honestly that's content we need to see more of. <laughs> that's all like that's the content. I what I've done to kind of de stress. Actually, this is a great way to exit out. The one thing that I've done to de stress is um like I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and oh, a lot of like okay. more wholesome things as I get into the middle age era where there's this awesome podcast. I forget what it's called, but it's a father daughter podcast. And really? he, yeah. And he just interviews her, his daughter of like what she thinks the concepts of the world is. 
and it is the <laughs> cutest, most wholesome thing. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I have faith in humanity again. You know? <laughs> it's like, that's the content that I'm looking for. And yeah, when it comes to music, I'm just like, yeah, give me just Ghost and Linkin Park for now. Yeah. The rest is just too much. Oh, R.I.P. Like, like, I, like I've been trying to listen to new metal, and they got like techno stuff in the back because everybody wants to be bring me the horizon, I guess. And I'm like, stop! You're not them. This is no yeah. longer rock and roll. Give me guitars. Don't give me yeah. synth vibes. You know. Where's the heavy metal? Where's that? Exactly. Somebody tell me what the new heavy metal band. I'm are, lost I, I and I'm them. confused. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, that has been the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. If you didn't know, now you know. All right? Biggie said that. I know that guy. All right? Biggie Small said that, right? If you don't know, now you know. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm just smiling and nodding, that's all. all. (laughs) (sighs) Made by the place for the place. Everybody, wish Stevenson... Uh, a good PAX East. Make sure you watch the 6-1 Indie Mini Indie Showcase that is happening on March 22nd at noon EST time. The only EST time that matters. Sure. That said, I have a migraine. I'm going to go nurse this off. But before you do, make sure you hit us with a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Please leave nice things. It really does help. Like, like B Diaz did, like Game Drop. Y'all are the real ones. Love y'all. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. Keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. See you guys.